Welcome to Twin Cities Theatre Chat. This podcast is created by members of the Twin Cities Theatre Bloggers to share our love of theatre, promote theatre going, and support our theatre community. My name is Carol Jackson, and I write for Minnesota Theatre Love. Today we have another fringe-tacular episode for you. We're going behind the curtain with the voices of the Minnesota Fringe Festival. What's a voice of fringe, you ask? These are the lovely people who gave their time to head over to Radio K's recording booths and record all of the show announcements you'll hear at the Fringe Festival. They all have a special connection to Fringe, so we really wanted to hear which shows they recommend and get their hot Fringe tips. The voices of Fringe that you'll hear from today are Maria Gossamlu, Leah Cooper, Natalie Ray Wass, and Josh Carson. You can find a listing of all their recommendations in our show notes at twincitiestheaterchat.buzzsprout.com, including the recommendations of the fifth voice, Jennifer Walker. Enjoy! Hi, I'm Maria Gossamlu with the Minnesota Fringe Festival. This is roughly my 10th year being active with the festival. I have been a house manager, a volunteer, a billeter, donor, patron. I am the person that brought karaoke to Minnesota Fringe's Volunteer Appreciation Night. And I'm excited to tell you about five shows that I am very uh, happy to see. My first show is Stabby Stab Stab by Special When Lit and The Winding Sheet Outfit. Those are companies that do a great job separately, but when they get together, it's magic. And this is about a real life thing that happened with a couple of girls in Wisconsin. I want to know what was that thing and uh, how are they going to make it creepy and haunting? It's going to be great. The second show is Climbing My Family Tree by Les Kirkendall Barrett. He is an exceptional storyteller that tours the country and the world telling his stories. And his second home is Minneapolis. And it would be very interesting to see what he found out when he went and uh, had his his genes tested. I know he's found family from around the world. It's going to be amazing. The third show is Fire in My Veins, Blazing Through Life with Invisible Illness by Alison Broerin. So a lot of us live with invisible diseases or disabilities. And this is a storyteller that's been featured on the Moth main stage, telling you about her rare condition. And who knows, maybe listening to this could save your life. Autoimmune diseases. Yeah. All right. The fourth show is The Windblown Cheeks of Lovers. It's a Mike Fotis production, so I'm seriously expecting silliness, just a ton of it. (laughs) Everybody needs a good laugh. And my last suggestion for what I'm going to see at least is 20,000 Leagues Under the Telltale Heart by Wet Splat Productions. So it's a whole bunch of talented improvisers that center their show around real-life correspondence of formerly living authors like Poe, Dickens, Twain. They were in the previews last night, and it was hilarious. I just can't wait to watch an hour of straight laughs. Those are my uh, five of five. And my professional fringe tip is to not be shy. Speak to those people that stand next to you in those lines because you are going to stand in so many lines and everybody has seen a show and they can tell you what's amazing. Sometimes it's fun to see a show because you're just like, how weird is it? How fringy is it? They can tell you, they know all the goods and you might just talk to an artist that can tell you about their show and needs an audience. So give them an audience. Hi, 
I'm Leah Cooper. I am the former executive director of the Minnesota Fringe Festival from way, way, way back. I worked there from 2001 to 2006, the olden days when we first introduced the button. <laughs> um, I think it's also when we first introduced kitties, by the way. Anyway, it's been a while, but I still go to the Fringe every year. And it's one of my um, favorite things about Minnesota is the Fringe. What I do currently is I'm the co-artistic director of a theater company called Wonderlust Productions. Um, we make new plays based on the stories of people who live here in Minnesota. Our most recent play was about Minnesota's incarceration system. Our next play is about caregivers of all kinds, as we ask the question, what does a community of care look like? Um, and here are the five shows I am most excited to go see at the Fringe. And the first thing I have to say is narrowing it down to five is just about impossible. But I picked five. It's slightly arbitrary. I could have easily talked about 20. I'm noticing this year I'm leaning in towards solo shows, which is kind of new for me, to be honest. Um, but I think this year, I'm just really drawn to the eccentric vision that sometimes shows up when a solo performer creates something. Um, also, I don't know, these are just the shows that really caught my eye. And some of them are people I know, so I know they're going to be amazing. And some of them are total strangers, but the description has me intrigued. And, and I'll say that my favorite Fringe experience is a mix of a little bit of known and a little bit of total discovery. The first show that I'm excited about is called Baldwin's Last Fire. And it's about James Baldwin, who, of course, is one of the most important thinkers of our time. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Um, and James Baldwin is played by Harry Waters Jr. Harry's, Harry is one of my favorite humans on the planet. He's one of the most talented theater artists I know. To know him is to love him. To see him is to be enthralled. So, of course, I'm not going to miss this. Um, and it's written by Reggie Edmond, who's a super talented playwright that I've also known for a long time. So this falls into the category of familiar people, familiar material, um, though this is a brand new play. Um, anyway, I'm not going to miss it. Number one on my list. Okay, number two on my list is Ha Ha Da Vinci. I don't know anything about the people who put on this show. They're out-of-towners. And I'm also going to say I tend to favor out-of-towners because I think if you can get your stuff together enough to travel a show all across the country or the world, then you've definitely got some chutzpah at least, right? Um, anyway, this is a solo show also. It just it just looks weird. It definitely falls into that category of this is somebody clearly with really eccentric vision. The, the show comes with an awful lot of... Um, um, press coverage already from elsewhere. And, you know, little pro tip, if somebody has toured the French circuit, it's real easy to go read reviews of their work elsewhere. And this show has just been raved about absolutely everywhere it goes. So it just rose to the top for me. It looks smart. It looks fun. It looks weird. And I love that combination. Um, show number three that I'm excited about um, is called Reincarnation Soup. I'm just going to actually read you the description because what a great description. It says, a mythic tale of soup, Saigon, and recycled souls. Journey through the Vietnamese heart in this multicultural, uh, multi-character memory play. I have to share that I'm originally from Southern California and I'm originally from a neighborhood in Southern California with a large number of Southeast Asian, mostly Vietnamese people. And I grew up around the Vietnamese culture quite a bit in California. And of course, I'm familiar with the, the Hmong culture here in Minnesota. And I just, I think that the mythology and the the, the culture is rich and it's, you know, it's just not put on stage enough. And this just looks like a really intriguing show. It looks like it's got high quality. It also looks like it's got some super cool culture. Um, and it, I don't know, mythic tale of soup. You got me right there. Okay. Show number four that I'm excited about is called, um, it's got just like the irresistible title of What If We Hugged? And this is a solo show by Levi Weinhagen. Levi is also one of my favorite humans. He is, um, first of all, 
just an amazing supporter of the arts himself. He is also a brilliant artist. He's also just funny as hell. You cannot have a conversation with Levi for more than five minutes without laughing so hard you cry. So, you know, it's just the fact that it's Levi, you've got me. But then on top of that, the description is stories of masculinity, fatherhood, and heart disease from a comedy writer turned race and gender justice worker. So I think the important thing to know, because, you know, as soon as you hear um, race and gender justice workers, you're like, oh, am I going to get preached at? Here's the thing. Levi is not only funny, he's got the biggest heart in the whole wide world. And so there's like nobody I'd rather learn from and be inspired by than somebody who's got both heart and funny. So I'm going to catch that for sure. Also the title, what if we hug? It's, I feel like we've been saying that ever since we came back from COVID. Can we hug? What if we hugged? Um, so yeah. Okay. And then last of all is another show I don't know anything about. It's called Two Stars in the Vast Dark. This, I think, I think it's another out of towner show. Am I right about that? I'm pulling it up on the computer right now. Yeah. I think this is out of towner. Anyway, the description is a transcentric sci-fi event with original music and movement. A young space trucker and oddly self-aware biocomputer confront each other while stranded in the void. Can we connect across difference? And distance. So first of all, I just love sci-fi and I think it's really bold to put it on stage. It's hard to put it on stage. You know, you have to, you, you can't get too wrapped up in the technology and you have to remember that sci-fi is really just anthropology and it's really just about the human heart. And then when you throw in um, a biocomputer and a transcentric and, and original music and movement, again, quirky, visionary, weird, it's either going to be brilliant or it's going to be, you know, a failure in a really fascinating way. And I'm banking on brilliant. So that's the other one on my list. And so I'm super pleased with this list because it's kind of an even balance of things I know and things I have no idea what to expect, which segues me to my fringe hip. What I do, and I've been doing the fringe for, oh gosh, I can't even do the math, um, 23 years, maybe more. Yeah, no, I think I've been going to the fringe since 1998. So 25 of the 30 years I've been going to the fringe. And for five of those years, I ran it, which means I was stressed out and extra sweaty. And so I think my, my tip is read online and make yourself a list. Use the favorites function and make yourself a list of all the shows you're interested, in, even, even if you don't know why you're interested, even if it's an impossible, totally unrealistic list of shows and have that with you on your device or a piece of paper or whatever. But then just go with a sense of adventure and spend a day in kind of like one geographic place that you're not stressed out about driving and parking. Like I actually like to fringe my bicycles, so I don't have the parking stress. And then just go to a venue where you can see that several of the shows you're interested in are playing. And then go to one, just go to one. And then after you come out of that one, see how you feel. What are you in the mood for? Do you want to just stay in this venue and see something next that wasn't on your list, but it's there? Or did somebody in line tell you something or you eavesdropped something or you read a review online while you were waiting to get your seat? You know, I think it's a combination of plan for all the things you love but then also plan to be surprised and go with the flow. This is how you get to have the best of both worlds, planning and discovery. Because honestly, some of the best things you can't predict, the things you're going to love, you won't know by reading the description or even by reading other people's reviews. It's just going to be based on your mood and it's going to be based on something you hear and being open to that discovery, I think is like at the heart of what makes the fringe cool. It's all about discovery. Hi, my name is Natalie Ray Wass, and I am a longtime fringe goer and fringe performer. And I'm also on the artists committee. And this year I'm a voice of fringe, which is why I've been invited to be on this podcast and share some of uh, the shows I'm the most excited to see. Um, the show I'm doing this year, for those of you who do want to follow me after listening to me wax poetic, uh, is called Works in Progress, and it's at Theater in the Round. And I'm also 
married to Robert Ward. Um, oh, I guess he's professionally Rob Ward, uh, but he answers to either. And he's doing How to Kill a Horse, which is part of the Phoenix Presents series, which is actually a series of different shows. And so it means our house is absolutely chock-a-block with toy horses and uh, horse memorabilia of all kinds as we gear up for that excitement. So mini plug for those. But I also wanted to share my enthusiasm for Behemoth by Hey Rube Productions, which is the company I worked with last year on Orzel Rising, which did get um, an award for um, the artist's um, recognition, which is always exciting when your fellow artists are enthusiastic about your work. And I saw the preview for the show that they're working on this year, which doesn't involve me, um, but is written by Marcus Anthony Downs and um, the stage scene is set by mime Kirsten Stevens, who is a genius of physicality. And it features performers that uh, fringe goers will be familiar with. Mahmoud Hakima, Madhu Bangalore, Kyra Scanlon, Shad Cooper, Tara Lucino, all these fantastic actors. And they are just rolling all over that stage. It is a wild physical masterpiece from what I saw in those three minutes. But I know this is a company that puts in their homework. So I'm really excited to see what is happening um, in the rest of the story. It's movement-based, big action, and experimental. Um, but it features memories and um, looks a little bit dystopian, which I think is exciting too. You don't always see that kind of sci-fi approach at Fringe. Then we've got Lost in Bear Country, Birth, God, Death, and the Bernstein Bears, which is by Phil Gonzalez. And he is a local podcaster who did do a version of this show, I believe first at Moon Palace Books and then at Dreamland Arts, and um, so has been fine-tuning it for some time. Um, but it's a one-man show in which he's going to uh, riff on all things. Um, I think it's it's got a wheel, so you will decide which topics he's going to delve into that particular day um, based on whether it lands on birth, death, God, etc. But the Berenstain Bears, in the many, many decades, um, those books books have been written, have dived into a lot of subjects, and Phil has been podcasting about every single one of them for some years now. So this is someone who knows what he's talking about. And it's always, for me, fun to have a pop culture touchstone for some of these deep subjects that can be tough to tackle if you don't have a little lighthearted edge as well. Uh, then I have some out-of-town acts, which I always try to get into some of the out-of-town acts because it is rare for them to not be very polished and um, fascinating work that you just don't get to see otherwise. In particular, here I have A Jingle Jangle Morning by Spectacular Theater, um, which is from a group that had Best of San Francisco Fringe in 2015. This one's got a little bit of a Minnesota connection because it's inspired by Bob Dylan's um, song, Mr. Tambourine Man, for the imagery. Um, but it's a heroine's journey. Oh, wait, a heroine's space journey. Um, and uh, involves large cardboard puppets, um, clowning and whimsy and is for all ages. So count me in. Anytime we have puppets at Fringe, that also is kind of a rarity. So super excited to welcome that group. And then also out of town, a show called Float by a performer named Juliana Frick, who is an award-winning deaf physical theater artist and acrobat from Berkeley, California. It's listed as a clowning and solo show, um, which is a um, lyrical and funny and moving portrait of grief. So, you know, when you, <laughs> you juxtapose your 
clowning with your grief, I feel like sometimes you can get really um, beautiful results. And we also, um, as a community, I think it's really important for us to hold up our differently abled performers and lean into their experience and what we might gain um, from seeing what they have to share. And also, like I said, another out of town artist with a whole bunch of accolades. Um, So lots of reasons to see this show. And then a little closer to home, there's a show called Pearl and Eugene One Last Shtick. And the company is called Clucklesworth Productions. Um, it's full of names that I think locals will be familiar with. Uh, it's written by Avi Aharoni and Donald C. Hart. And it is starring Nancy Marvey and Robert Dorfman. And if you're not familiar, those two are solid pros um, who have been working locally for decades. And the group in general has worked a lot with Six Points theater, uh, which is a company that produces year round. And the particular shtick in question here is that um, uh, Pearl and Eugene were a double act that worked together and had a falling out, but now they both live in the same Jewish retirement community. It's threatened with closure, and perhaps if they can get it together and do one last fundraising performance, they can, you know, win the day. It's musical. Um, It also has uh, Rob Kruger, who is a another local performer and I I just can't wait to see what they're bringing and here we have you know performers of a certain age and I will include myself in that category uh, just don't have as many opportunities so I'm super excited to be able to see a show set in a retirement community and then I'm also going to sort of put a little plug here for my only hope for a hero uh, Duck Washington who is a performer all around town um, this is his first solo show he wrote a an autobiographical show uh, previously called Caucasian Aggressive Pandas and Other Mulatto Tales, which you might have seen um, and, you know, tackled some tough topics around being um, a person um, with a mixed racial background. And uh, this time he's tackling um, what it means to be a hero, uh, what bravery and cowardice really are, and whether any of us could really be um, be up to, up to the bill. So uh, he's a thoughtful and talented performer and also um you know i know from experience a very well good human being <laughs> so i'm excited to see what he has to say and uh i've heard great things from you know the small handful of people that have been in the room as he's been workshopping but you know i could go on and on and on i am a person who i've performed in I think 25 shows, you kind of lose track at a certain point here. There've been a couple fringes I missed, but a couple where I did three shows. So I don't even know who I am anymore. But I absolutely love that this festival allows you to create new work and delve into corners, both of your own, you know, performance dreams and what you're just not seeing anywhere else in a more affordable way and try it out, see how it responds to an audience. I will be in the audience as much as I possibly can outside of my own show and I usually do make it to every single slot that I don't perform in so I may see 50 shows plus uh well 51 if you count the walking tour um but you never know when I might get stricken so I can't absolutely promise um but that's about half the shows and it is not going to be hard for me to find half the shows that I'm interested in so thanks for listening
Ooh, and if you do want a fringe tip from me, it's don't be afraid to see something by someone you've never heard of, um, especially if it is a wacky topic that piques your interest, um, but you're just not sure. Go ahead and follow that curiosity because it can lead you to some really magical places. I once saw a woman called Nikki McCretton jump into um, a an aquarium half filled with water and then walk around for the rest of the show uh, completely dripping wet. And it was called Heretic. It was at the Red Eye Theater and it changed my life 15, 20 years ago. And I never stopped talking about it. This could be you next year. Okay, now I'm really done. Hello, uh, my name is Josh Carson. I am an, an occasionally employed performer and comedian in the Twin Cities. I have been a fringe artist for a number of years. I have done many, many shows with the fringe uh, starting back in 2002 was my first fringe. I'm not in it this year, but I am looking forward to several shows. One of my collaborators in a show that we produce every year called A Very Die Hard Christmas is Brad Erickson, and he is doing a show called Fargo Allegro which is a retelling of the movie Fargo in a very uh, unique way. It is not the traditional movie, the musical version of things you might see at the fringe, but it's uh, got a lot of ideas and movements and, and dance pieces. And it's a much more bold project than Brad's ever done before. And I'm greatly looking forward to see, seeing that. Another group that I've been admiring is uh, Jack Donkey Productions. I just saw uh, their production at the Bryant Lake Bowl a few weeks ago. And very creative, a mixture of uh, clever writing and clowning. And they're doing a show called Doc Work, which is a devised piece. And I'm interested to see what they come up with. My friend Sam Landman is helping uh, bring a another uh, a storyteller in here. His name is Chris Davis. And the show is uh, aptly titled Chris Davis Does Stuff. Now, he is, uh, I'm told, a, a performer in Alabama. And he's very much looking forward to uh, hitting the fringe circuit. And we... Sam has highly recommended the Minnesota Fringe, so I hope uh, we don't let him down. And he's got actually two shows that he's bringing in the five different slots. So you can go see him twice and get two different shows. And I'm greatly looking forward to discovering him. Uh, and then one of my very best friends and uh, freaking collaborators is Duck Washington. And he has a one-man show called My Only Hope for a Hero. Duck is one of the best the Twin Cities got. He's very passionate and very funny and a very, very good writer. And it is a privilege to spend any amount of time with him. So uh, you should definitely carve out an hour for that. And then pure best title uh, of The Fringe is John Wick by Tim Wick, No Relation. I am a pop culture aficionado and I always enjoy the mashups that Tim Wick does. And he was given the wonderful gift of having the last name of a fictional character and he took that and ran with it so i am definitely eager to check that one out as well but the big thing about fringe is be willing to discover new things the 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 lists and the uh must-sees are great but listen to what people are saying read the reviews uh the whole point of Fringe is to discover someone new that you didn't know was there before. And there's a lot of opportunity to do so. There's old favorites, but keep your eye out for the newbies. 
Thank you for listening to Twin Cities Theater Chat. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, rate and review us, and spread the word. Follow the Twin Cities Theater bloggers on Facebook and Instagram to read our reviews and find out what we're up to. And go see a show at the Minnesota Fringe Festival, which runs August 3rd through August 13th at various locations in the Cedar Riverside neighborhood of Minneapolis. For all your Fringe information, please go to mnfringe.com. Org. And enjoy the festival! Thank you.